Are you ready to listen to my dad, Joe, and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to the Joe Mays and J Raff Show. Boring. A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. Second to go. Pass. Ha! Got it. Touchdown. This guy has had some year. Al, I've got to tell you, in a pressure situation, I don't know if I have ever seen. Anybody be better than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup? Wow, what a drive. Fourth and one. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Guess of course. Who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. When everything was on the line for the Rams. Yes, we know it was Aaron Donald. But the Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and JRAF show. I am your host, Joe Mays, and here with me digitally this week is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Um, man, was it uh, doesn't feel like football weather, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe heat acclimatization weather, but uh, didn't feel like football weather this weekend, but uh it, it, I'm, we're always ready to talk football. Yeah, it's it's the training camp weather or, or climate right right now, at least here in uh, South Central, Southeastern Pennsylvania, uh, where I am back. I was actually, it feels more like Florida here now than it did when I was in Florida, and that is why we missed the past two Sunday nights. It's been three weeks since our last show on May 1st, but we are ready to get back into things before we take another two-week hiatus. So you, we're super dependable here at the Joe Mays and j Show. You can count on us to broadcast at least once a month. That's generally our goal, once a month. No, we're usually pretty good about it, but things uh, this uh, late spring and early summer, there's a lot going on, and, you know, sometimes we just got to take a break. It just doesn't fit into the schedule. But Justin and I are here tonight, and because we know things are going to be hectic over the next few months, we are starting our NFL preview right now right this second this is part one and i know we flip-flop you know each year is a little bit different because of the cramped schedule we are going to talk two divisions per show over the next few months sprinkle in another bulldog hour before that kicks into high gear and is our weekly show starting in august so we have the rest of may all of june and and july to do our nfl preview which was usually at least four hopefully five shows but we're going to start out West like we always do, Justin, and talk about the NFC and AFC West. So a lot of good teams to talk about, though, because the West is really taking control. They are home to the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams and a perennial Super Bowl contender in the AFC in the Kansas City Chiefs. 
But with the moves a lot of these teams made in the offseason, specifically in the AFC, there's a lot of good teams to talk about tonight, and I still don't know the direction that I'm going to go in. So we're going to have to talk this through uh, in in depth. Yeah, and uh, it, it's hard enough to do it like just in the divisions like we're going to do, let alone, and I'm thinking ahead of terms of playoff teams and stuff like that. It gets really hard. I know you had sent me someone or some site had made their picks and for division winners. And as of now, it was the same like eight as last year. Yes. Isn't it? Obviously it's possible. It's just highly unlikely. Yeah, It's not probable. So, but again, I'm sure I, I, I didn't read in depth and that was from the draft network, which is a great one of my favorite NFL draft sites with draft tech, but the draft yeah. network is, is a, a full-time staff. Like they have a bunch of employees working full-time right. on NFL draft and NFL discussions year round. So if this was a roundtable thing and it was kind of the collection of a group of people, I could see why it would be like that because there's some people that would say, hey, I don't think that team's going to be as good, but then a bunch of others did, but then that person differed on someone else. But in the end, they all ended up going with chalk, the same eight as last year, which honestly I don't think has ever happened. So the odds of that happening are not high. And the turnover rate we know in the NFL for the playoffs is close to, if not over 50%. Right. I guess the hard thing, and we find ourselves in this spot too, though, is by the time we get to like the the North or, you know, the North division, sometimes we end up saying like, well, I can't pick this because then I'd have three of three the same, you know, like, yeah. um, and like, that's a stupid reason not to pick a team. You know, like if you think a team is going to be the best team, pick them. And I, that's probably what happened when you talk through it. You're like, oh, these teams want, you know, um, but again, we're not, we're not projecting out our Super Bowl here yet. Um, but like you mentioned, lots of good teams, so definitely some contenders out in the West Division. Yeah, and in the NFC West, like I mentioned, you know, Rams are the defending Super Bowl champs, and I don't know that there's too many people that think they're going to be a lot worse, as in not not playoff-worthy worse. It, it could be hard to duplicate this success. We haven't had a back-to-back Super Bowl winner in nearly 20 years. But I I would expect that both of us are going to have the Rams certainly in contention for the playoffs. I don't see them falling off all that much. But we are going to start out in the NFC West, and we're going to do it just a tad different this year. Instead of Justin or I starting with our bottom, our number four team in the West, we're just going to go in order alphanumerically by the mascot name. So out in the NFC West, Justin, we're going to start with the San Francisco 49ers. So a lot going on out in San Francisco, and it as usual, it relates to the quarterback situation. Jimmy Garoppolo is still there, but it's Trey Lance's team. Do you think Garoppolo is going to be there when training camp gets underway? When training camp gets underway, yes. When the season starts, no. Um, I think you're going to see an injury or somebody isn't, not working out. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I forget what the other team was, but I know one of them was Carolina. I think it was Ross Tucker that had sent this out maybe a week or so ago, like basically saying like there's a 0% chance that the opening day, like quarterback starter is on the roster for those teams right now. It was Panthers and someone else. Um, Seattle, maybe. It could have been. I don't think it was. I, th- I feel like it was someone else. I, I don't remember who, and it, so it could have been. Um, but it, it's it's interesting to kind of just 
to look at some of those, um, man, like they could, a team could use Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, like, man, talk about someone who is divisive um, because well, he's taken his team to the Super Bowl. Well, took his team to the Super Bowl, took his team, you know, into a deep playoff run. Like, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Um, but at the same time, I still feel like, and I'm in this group, like, I don't know. I feel like you got to turn it over to Trey Lance, especially with where you took him. Right. Um, and the only thing you can do, like I understand, and they played him last year, you know, and maybe he wasn't ready, but that was kind of the the thing. They weren't sure he was going to be ready, but year two now it's time. You got to play him. Um, Cause you got to find out what you have um, one way or the other, kind of like, what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo in new England, a little bit different circumstance, but like they needed to know what they were going to have and they never got a great look um, long-term and they ended up having to move on, but they got a lot of value because they were at least to be able to see a little bit of what he was able to do. You know what I mean? Right. So um, it'd be interesting. Cause well, and we've done this a bunch and we don't need to do it now. Cause I know we're, we're trying to keep on a time with different teams, but if you go through, I don't know where you slot Garoppolo. And I, like, when I say that, I don't mean like, I don't even know. Like there's a bunch of teams where I'm like, I think he's better than that guy, but I don't know. You know, I think, I think Garoppolo's like ceiling isn't as high as a lot of guys in the NFL, but I think his floor is maybe a little higher than a lot of guys, except for the injury thing, which again, that might be unfair, but he's had some injuries that have uh, kind of derailed him a little bit. Sure. Um, I, but you got to go with Trey Lance. Like it, this Niners team, um, you you got to you got to go with Trey Lance. Interesting thing, nothing ever came of the Debo Samuel stuff, did it? No, I it was one of the other talking points I wanted to get to because we're still kind of sitting out there waiting to figure out what's happening. I, I thought there was maybe some cooling there in terms of it not being as dire as it seemed at one point, but there's still a chance that that could flare up again over the summer. Uh, there's been a right. lot of things mentioned about why Debo wants out of there. Is it the system? Is it the location? Is it the personalities? What is it? I don't know that we've gotten a well, definitive uh, answer to any of that. Yeah. One of the things that I heard that made sense doesn't mean it's true, but it, you know, could be part of an equation there is that, you know, he knows that when they go to Trey Lance, the offense will look different. And if it looks different, that may change his role in that offense going into a contract year, you know, like that it made sense. I don't know that that's it, but like, it makes sense. Um, especially if, you know, you hear conflicting things like, cause some people are like, Oh, you know, maybe Trey Lance isn't ready, but then, George Kittle comes out the other day and says like, you know, yeah, he needs reps to be more consistent, but like some of the th things I've seen from him, I've never seen anyone do, you know, now what's he going to do? Throw the guy under the bus. But if you're going on the record, right. You know, I, people all the time are like, Oh, well, you know, I want to know what the players think. Well, when they think it, then we're like, ah, I don't know what they think. You know? So, um, Garoppolo and, and Debo's situation obviously ha are going to have a Im huge impact on what happens with the 49ers. But by all accounts, it, this is going to be Trey Lance's team moving forward. Right. 
And and I, I think we both are in agreement that that's what needs to happen because of what they gave up to get Lance and right. I would say inconsistency and injury right. history of Garoppolo. But I, I do agree with you that I think Trey Lance probably has a higher ceiling if he can unlock it. But I also oh, I think, believe he has a much lower floor than what oh, Jimmy absolutely. G has shown. I I think I think Trey Lance's ceiling is significantly higher than Jimmy Garoppolo's ceiling. Right, probably uh, like top close close to top five quarterback. Yeah, if yeah. he reaches think, his potential. I, right. And and how ridiculous is that? Because I you know we have no idea, but like just it's it's. People are like, oh, you're just spec. Yes, it's pure speculation. I'm talking about projections, but I think he could be a top, you know, like five to seven. I think, and, yeah, and pushing. Yeah, I was thinking seven, but you know, at times pushing top five. And if he's that, man, you look at a team that's really good and in improving at quarterback play. Oh, that would be scary. That would make that that could add a whole new wrinkle to that division, right? And again, what we see at the beginning of the season might not be what we see by the end of the season. You know, like if if the Niners are a team that's, you know, has their ups and downs early because they they make that move to Trey Lance and you know there's going to be some hiccups there, but they could certainly be a team at the end where whew, right. But I and I, I think want nothing to do with them because <laughs> Trey Lance is getting a year's worth of experience. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and, they were 10 and 7 last year. And they weren't healthy or ready to roll at all times. And they were just, you know, minutes away from making it back to the Super Bowl. But if you can unlock Trey Lance, that could be a very dangerous team. But I, I do think right. while he's growing and maturing uh, as an NFL player, he's, you know, going to be enter at best at middle of the pack. And maybe even in his developmental stages, he's a bottom 10 quarterback like 2022 20, maybe even 22 right. to 24 uh, because he hasn't had the time to show us anything but Garoppolo to me I think you could say maybe at his peak he could get to top 10 like right there like 9 right. 10 I'd 11 at his, best, at his best he's at 10 but I'd say at his like, worst I'm saying like 16 or something like that you know like I feel well, like see, he's right I, I in there like, I was gonna say I feel like most of the season he sits at 15 to 20 somewhere right. in there like and so Hey, like if 15 to 20 is tough and they've got a lot of weapons, other places, offense and defense, not everywhere, but maybe they can get something in return for Garoppolo or something that they can use to add in and could maybe open up some cap space. I know it's weird on when you trade guys and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't like to speculate on that because I don't know enough about how those things right. work. But in terms of adding or removing players. They're basically swapping Garoppolo for Lance, but we already knew that their only real big loss is probably offensive lineman, Lake and Tomlinson who went to the New York jets. Uh, you know, Raheem Mostert went to my dolphins, but again, he's had injury issues. DJ Jones went to the Broncos, a defensive lineman. Honestly, I don't know that there were a ton of big impact guys. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of backups and special teamers or, or young guys looking to break out, and maybe that'll happen for uh, you know Trent Sherfield, uh, Arden Key. Uh, you know, just looking at the names that they've lost, nothing too outlandish. But then they also didn't sign anyone that I think is is super exciting, at least to outsiders of the team. Uh, Traverius Ward from the Chiefs, the cornerback Hassan Ridgeway from the Eagles, Ray Ray McLeod from the Steelers. 
those are kind of the names that stick out in terms of free agency. Now, in the draft, because of their trades, primarily the Trey Lance stuff from last year, they didn't have a pick until 61, um, which was in the second round. They took Drake Jackson, uh, semi-local product from USC, uh, as a pass rusher. I know there were a lot of draft picks high on him, and they think that he could be an interesting piece to add to that 49ers defense. Uh, and then in terms of interest name-wise to college football fans, or specifically us as Penn State fans, the 49ers did take Tariq Castro-Fields uh, in, in the late sixth round. And then Brock Purdy, the quarterback from Iowa State, snuck in there as their seventh round pick. But I, the other guys, you know, we talk, if you listen to our draft show, you know that we didn't uh, – dive real deep into the draft pool this year. So there's a lot of names in the 49ers draft list that I am not familiar with. Um, Tyrion Davis Price, the running back from LSU, Danny Gray, the wide receiver from SMU, Spencer Burford, offensive tackle, Samuel Womack, a cornerback, Nick Zakhelge from Fordham, a tackle, and Kalia Davis, a defensive tackle from UCF. So in terms of personnel, Justin, Honestly, to me, it's like at best a push, it seems. I, I don't know that they added or subtracted much talent. So you have a right. team that went 10-7 and seven last year. You're swapping at your quarterback, which is a huge question mark. So then, really, to me, it comes down to uh, coaching staff, which I don't think there was a lot of upheaval for the 49ers, and then your scheduled opponents and maybe the location. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I, I think the biggest thing, and obviously this was super clear, but it's all going to come down to Trey Lance, like schedule, all that stuff. If he develops this year, well, if he shows this year that he's their quarterback of the future. And so kind of the approach that I took like last year with the Eagles of being like, what they need is Jalen Hurts to show that he is the quarterback for the next year. Does that make like mm-hmm. now with it, they moved up to take him in the first round. So he's going to get a couple chances, but Trey Lance needs to show that he is their answer at quarterback. Even if he isn't at that answer yet, does that make sense? Right. He, he, he needs does, to show the potential that people right. think he has. If he does, they're going to be good. If not, then they're a struggle. So basically once they have first round picks again, they don't want anyone suggesting maybe they should be should or could be looking for a quarterback and or anyone second guessing that Jimmy Garoppolo should still be the quarterback and they're in the right spot. Uh, you know, like so and that's tough because in the NFL, you know, it's it's win now. I, I know oh, there's this sure. building idea, but you can look in the division and see the win now mentality. Um so it's going to be interesting. So I'm just glancing at their schedule here, and I know we want to move on to the Cardinals, but a couple of things that stand out. The 49ers are playing a road game in Mexico City on November 21st, and that is a divisional game against the Arizona Cardinals. They are done playing the rival Los Angeles Rams. Wait, that, bef- bumped, that bumped the Eagles out of that game. So oh. Eagles were scheduled to have to play that game. Oh, well, there Mexico. you go. Don't have to do that. The Rams series with the 49ers is over before Halloween. So the Rams and 49ers play October 3rd and October 30th. So that those games will not matter uh, at the end of the year, you know. So those all have been decided early. See, that's one I feel like that would be a good like 
Thanksgiving night game, that third right. game on Thanksgiving. Right. I, I agree. And the 49ers have the potential to show us what they're made of early because they open with two win. what you would think at this point would be winnable games at Chicago and against Seattle. Both teams still haven't shown too much, and I, I don't want to say that either of them are going to be the worst team in the league, but I don't think a lot of people expect a ton from Chicago and Seattle at this point. But then they got a big game at Denver, and I know a lot of people are high on the Broncos, and we'll get to them in a little bit, before hosting the Rams and then going to Carolina and Atlanta, both teams that you would think San Francisco should be able to beat. But again, West Coast team going east, um, and those games are are early. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be interesting for the 49ers to begin with. Cause after those two games, they have the chiefs and Rams back to back. So if the 49ers are going to be good, we should know pretty early if they're winning the games that we think they'll win, but lose to these other big teams, you know, they're probably a 500 team, maybe a little bit better. If they're, if they're not beating the Rams, uh, the Rams chiefs and Broncos, it could be a rough year for them. They, they may not show. But, of course, last year they started off really slow and came on at the end. So maybe they'll be a, a second-half team again this year. But anything else to say about the 49ers before we talk Cardinals? No, I think we're good right now. All right, we'll come back again to our rankings as soon as we finish all of the NFC West teams. So Arizona is an interesting one. They were on fire to start last season. I believe they started, what was it, nine, was it 9-0? and Were they 9-0 and at one point last year? Or no, seven and zero, seven and zero. They lost to the Packers twenty one twenty four to drop to seven and one. Um, so they started seven and zero, but they finished eleven and six. So they were four and six over their last ten, and we know that they lost in the uh, playoffs as well. And there's been a lot of question marks about a variety of things, both the future of um, their head coach uh, Cliff Kingsbury as well as quarterback Kyler Murray. At one point, Kyler Murray this offseason like, got rid of all the uh, all the things relating him to the Arizona Cardinals. People were talking again about him in baseball, and there's just a really weird situation. I, what I know last year on this show, we were like, oh, watch out for the Cardinals, and we looked kind of brilliant at the beginning, but then they came back down to earth the second half of the season. Where where are you with the Cardinals right now and the whole Kyler Murray saga? And what do you think you'll we'll see from them this season? Okay. Fool me once two years ago. Well not two years ago. Um in twenty twenty one. It was two years ago. But like that was a little that was tough because you know we were in that that twenty twenty season was just crazy. Okay. So this year I'm all in. I'm like, they're, they're better. They're going to be even better and all this stuff. And they start out first half of the season, look amazing. And then they collapse. And I want to just kind of go to this, right? I think Cliff Kingsbury is not the answer in my opinion. I know that's crazy because the offense when clicking looks great, but going back to 2013, and I know this was in college, right? Texas tech lost its last five games of the regular season. All right. And then one, Cliff Kingsbury's only bowl game that year after playing themselves into a bad bowl game in 2014, Texas tech lost four out of its last five, including the bowl game 2015, four out of its last six, including the bowl game in 2016, they lost three of their last four in 2017, six of their last eight. And in 2018, they went on a five game losing streak to end. He was fired and then was hired in the NFL. Right. So like, (laughs) 
it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things where it just doesn't make a lot of sense as to why, like we're closing in on a decade now. Okay. He had, he inherited a bad team. All right. So that, that made sense like that. They were bad his first year in the NFL, but then after that, um, they've had a couple straight seasons of bad, like second half of the seasons in, in the NFL. So basically the only time in the last 10 seasons that Cliff Kingsbury's teams haven't underperformed the last one, two to three months of the season is the season. They were just bad the whole season, you know, like that's, that is awful. That is awful. And it's, and there's lots of problems You can blame it on Kyler not being able to stay healthy the whole season. Okay. Well, you are probably the smallest quarterback in the league. Maybe there's a trend there. And that, is that unfair? Possibly, but like, you know, it's happened two years ago. It happened this year. Like, right there. When are we, we going to see a full season? And, and the thing is when you get nicked up and you're a guy who is so fast and he, when he's running, he is as fast as any of those guys. He's unreal. But, like, I just, I don't know. It, I feel like until we, we do this sometimes with teams on the other end where, look, I'm not picking against them until they prove me wrong, you know? Yeah, See, primarily you know, New England. <laughs> right, New England, the Packers, you know, I know I went against them last year, but like, you know, like so many times until I see, or the Packers in the playoffs, so I was gonna like, say, yeah. until you prove me wrong, like, right, like either way there. But with the Cardinals, I'm kind of like, until you show me different, I'm, I'm over this. I, I don't believe they have, I, I don't know, they're a talented roster. I think there's some holes on that roster. Um, and I think the coaching doesn't do anything to hide or get better and, you know, or improve so that those holes aren't there. I think they, I think Kingsbury's kind of been exposed in the NFL um, a little bit here. Right. And That's what I, so you and I talk about it a lot. Changing of coaching staffs will sometimes give teams bump and then, or we'll get like a hot rookie will come in and do well at the beginning of the year. And then do they or do they not get figured out in the second half or is they're in their sophomore year, in their second year in the league? And I feel like both Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury have been figured out by the NFL, and it's how do they react? How do they change their game or the game plan? And, and I think we saw last year that they're unable to do that for whatever reason it is, whether it's right. um, you know whether it's injury with uh, Kyler Murray or other players on that team or whether it's just stubbornness, and this is the way I do things, they're going to work. And maybe that's part of the later season collapses under Kingsbury's control. But they haven't, like you said, they haven't shown us anything to change my mind. And I feel like I've done a complete 180 from a year ago when we were kind of like, I keep watch out for the Cardinals. I think they could be something. And then immediately, you know, once they reach the halfway point, things unraveled. And throw in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Yes. The second half last year, he's going to miss the first half of this year. Um, And again, I, there's a lot of adversity for them to overcome. I don't have I don't have anything against DeAndre Hopkins, but at the same time, I'm like, well, he kind of got a lot of benefit of the doubt because of the way the Houston thing went down. And I understand that. But at the same time, like you've lost 
and again, I, moral high ground may not be the right term here. It may be like more of a benefit of the doubt kind of thing, but like, man, we we see it all the time when receivers drop off, they drop off quick. Maybe not quick as quick as running backs do, but when they drop off, yeah, they drop it does off happen. Quick. Yeah, and he was injured and unable to produce. He wasn't putting up huge numbers the first half of last year, anyway. Even when the team was doing great, and then he got hurt, and then you know it. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So, um, but I, I'm. Until they prove me otherwise, I'm I'm down on the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals added Trey McBride in the draft. That was the, probably their biggest acquisition. They didn't have a first round pick. Trey McBride is, is a tight end. They had already um, re-signed uh, our boy Zach Ertz to an ex- or, or re-signed him. I think to it was a three year deal. Yeah, good um, they, for him. Good yeah, for good him. for him. But it was just weird that they also have Max Williams on the roster. Uh, and a variety of other tight ends, and then they drafted Trey McBride with their first pick when there were other um, issues out there. You know, we, you talked about the DeAndre Hopkins suspension. They have, you know, late stages, A.J. Green still. Andy Isabella um, has shown some flashes here and there. Rondell Marr was an early uh, round pick a year ago, so he's looking to break out in year two. But then they traded for Marquise Brown from the Ravens in the draft. And, you know, I don't know. that Could that have been just to make Kyler feel a little bit better because Marquise yeah. Brown, I feel like is a super boomer bust wide receiver. I, I don't think he's a number one, like he thinks he is. And of right. course I think the Ravens came out on top with uh, what they were able to uh, get well, from Arizona <laughs> uh, for Brown. Thing, I sent you that other thing where like it was something crazy. I don't know if he was like the most targeted like wide receiver last year or something, something crazy. Yeah, you sent and, it to me. Yeah, let's see if I can pull it up. Or no, no, no. I think he was 10th overall and 9th among wide receivers in targets last year. So he's getting targeted all the time in Baltimore. But it wasn't good enough. Yeah, here and, it was. And he's, wanted, and he's wanted out for years, apparently. Like Hollywood Brown was 10th in the league in targets last year. Yeah. And he felt like he yeah. wasn't getting enough. Right. Now he was second on his team because Mark Andrews was ninth on that list, I believe. Oh. But, but but it was the only tight end above him, I think. Right. Like they were all wide receiver. But man, and and you had a backup quarterback for the last third of the season there. Right. So I don't you gotta be careful what you ask for there. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be more of the system, but this could easily to me be one of those where maybe he does put up some big numbers, but I think the team's going to be worse. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, I or, or I should say could be worse because AFC North is no joke either, but it's funny though. It's all, this is also one of those teams that I feel like could come around and bite us and they could end up being really good. Like, I think there's potential there. Uh, I think, because I, I don't think those first seven weeks was a fluke. I just feel like no. something happened. And maybe, like I, I alluded to already, maybe the NFL, the coaches and coordinators figured them out. And maybe it will be bad this year if there's no change in, in the system right. or the way they utilize the players. But I, I'm with you. I'm a I'm little bit – I'm down on the Cardinals from where I was a year ago. So let's go – I think – right. Just real quick, the problem for me is even when we're at – Halloween, we still won't know because like the problem is November and December and January. Like 
so we won't know till Christmas what what this team actually is. Yeah, and they uh, this is probably not great for Cliff Kingsbury because their buy is super late. So they could say uh, adios to him after Thanksgiving, right as we enter December, if things are not going well. Um, super easy start to the season. Chiefs, Raiders, Rams. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Chiefs, Raiders, Rams, then Panthers, Eagles, Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, Seahawks, Rams, 49ers, Chargers. They've got a few three-game sets in there that are tough. Oh, and then after their bye week, they have Patriots, Broncos, Bucks. So, you know, I think just looking at the schedule reinforces to me that I, I'm not high on the Cardinals. I don't think there's any way they get to double-digit wins. But I don't want to jump too far ahead because we want to talk about the Rams and Seahawks before we get into uh, numbers. So the Los Angeles Rams are the defending Super Bowl champions. We were 12-5 and last year, won the division, um, you know, had three All-Pros. Everyone was back on the Sean McVay bandwagon. Um, they beat up on the aforementioned Cardinals 34 to 11 in the wild card. And then we're able to hold on for dear life to beat the Buccaneers 30 to 27 before squeaking out an NFC championship against the 49ers. The first team we talked about tonight, and then able to entertain us in the Super Bowl with a victory over Joe Burrow and the Bengals 23 to 20. Absolutely amazing seasons from Cooper cup and Aaron Donald. And a season that I think a lot of people around the league wanted for Matthew Stafford because I feel like he's a guy that everyone felt sorry for being in Detroit for so long and always seemed like a likable guy. And he was able to uh, to get his uh, get his ring. And the the Rams are NFL champs uh, for the first time in what twenty twenty some years. So, but what does it mean in twenty twenty two? Does any of that matter in twenty twenty two? Will um, Father Time catch up to Matthew Stafford? Will we start to see uh, his uh, prowess disintegrate in terms of personnel. They may have lost some things, but they added some things too. the Rams just are another one of those teams that they do not care about the salary cap. They'll figure it out. And uh, as uh, general manager, Les Nita said, F them picks, right? He doesn't care. He just wants some talented players and he's right. done a, a great job of accumulating uh, a lot of good football players because of all the trades, they didn't have a lot of draft picks and not many of their picks stand out to me as being instant impact guys. Of course, they could be at positions that don't get a lot of press like offensive line. That was their first pick, Logan Brust, the guard from Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they're back. I feel like you probably would say that they're the favorite. I, I don't think that there's been enough changes or issues with them in the offseason to knock them off that that pedestal. Stafford's back. They have Cam Akers now who's fully recovered from his injury. I know we saw him at the end of last year and in the playoffs. They still have Daryl Henderson. Uh, The wide receiver position, you thought, oh, man, you know, Odell Beckham tore his knee and he's still out there and and they're losing him. And um, they they got rid of Robert Woods. But, you know, Cooper Cup's still there. Uh, Van Jefferson showed flashes. So did Tutu Atwell. Oh, and then they signed our boy Allen Robinson. They brought Allen Robinson in. Uh, I think Allen Robinson has a monster year. I think he could as well. So I'm 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 excited for that. Not I don't have anything against against the Rams. Not that I like Los Angeles teams, but 
I, I want Allen Robinson to do well because I think he's been in crappy situations, which he chose to go to in Chicago. He didn't have any choice being drafted by Jacksonville, but he's had a couple great seasons at both places, but had some very bad luck with injuries or poor quarterback play. And now that he's with Stafford and with Sean McVay and that Rams offense, I think Allen Robinson could have a big, big year. I agree. So uh, elsewhere, uh, we know that Whit, um, I, I, not I, Whitworth, I want to say Whitford for some reason, Andrew Whitworth retired, so they're going through some offensive line changes. Um, but when you have Aaron Donald and the pieces around him, you got to think that the oh they also signed Bobby Wagner who I know isn't the Bobby Wagner of you know like seven years ago or anything. Um, they don't need him to be. They right. They don't need him to be. I mean they they won the Super Bowl with uh, a you know quasi Penn State under I think undrafted or seventh round draft pick um, being the the leader of their defense last year and they just let him walk <laughs> you know because they, they they're the Rams they don't it doesn't matter they'll figure it out they'll find someone else. Um, and they, they Jalen Ramsey's still there, a uh, co- couple other Penn Staters there, and Grant Haley and Nick Scott. So a um, lot of interest from us uh, here at the Joe Mays and JRAF show for, for them. But I just don't think they've – what they've lost, they've at, at a minimum replaced, and it's a push. Yeah. And I know it come, it'll come down to – the health of the players and then the the schedule and their, and their opponents of what happens with the Rams this year. And, and they will certainly be under the microscope. They um, will kick off the season against the bills. I think two, these are two Super Bowl favorites getting to the start of the year on NBC on September 8th. And they, they also will play the AFC West. So the two West divisions, maybe the two best divisions in, in football are playing each other this year. So a lot of, a lot of good games, but they That's have a chance. I'm oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited for it. Um, the, the battle of Los Angeles takes place on new year's day, Rams chargers, January 1st. That's cool. So that'll be fun. But yeah. I, what, what do you have to say about the Rams? What do you think about them this year? Yeah. I, I was happy for Stafford last year. I don't really know why. He was one of those – he's another perfect example, one of those guys that I couldn't stand, like, coming out of college, you know, coming out of Georgia, and you're like, oh, my gosh, what the heck. But he, I feel like he earned it being in Detroit that long. Like, he earned, uh, you know, the, the positives that he got to go through last year. Um, the only concern I would have is, like, you look at everyone – thought last year like oh the bucks are they brought every starter back they're running it back you know it's going to be so easy for them and i mean they got they were close like if they beat the rams i don't know who's not taking them over the niners you know what i mean in in that nfc championship game and then how do you go against them in in the super bowl but like i just i feel like Yes, on paper, like the Rams, you know, they they replaced any losses they really had and they go through and do a lot of stuff, but it's it's so hard. It's so hard because it's not just being like good, it's also getting lucky. And the luck part you don't really control, you know. And so, you know, you have one thing go wrong here or an injury there or whatever, and that can just change your whole season. And that can sometimes happen at the end of the year. 
sometimes happen at the beginning of the year and it looks worse than it was because the season got derailed in September, you know, but um, I, on paper, you look at it and I don't know how they would uh, like, I, I don't know how you go against them. Like at least, you know, but at the same time, some of it comes down to those things that you, you, you never know how it's going to play out. So um, we'll have to see. All right. And then last and possibly least, in terms of NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks, not used to saying that about them, although things haven't been so great over the last five years as they were in the five before that. They were 7-10 and 10 last year, finished fourth, and didn't qualify for the playoffs. They have gone over a pretty big upheaval in terms of roster. They are struggling, to say the least. Right now, their quarterback will be one of Jacob Eason, Drew Locke, or Geno Smith after traded Russell Wilson to the Broncos. I, I think people right now are thinking it'll be Geno Smith because uh, he's been there for a few years and he knows the system and he got to play when Russell Wilson was injured. Drew Locke came over in the Russell Wilson trade, and Jacob Eason is, I think, he'll be entering his third year in the league this year. He, I, he was drafted by the Colts in, in 2020. So yeah, this will be his third year in the NFL, but I think he's a long shot to, uh, to start for Seattle. So it comes down probably Drew, Drew Locke and Geno Smith, unless they would somehow acquire Garoppolo from the 49ers, which I feel is unlikely, or maybe Baker Mayfield from Cleveland. But again, I don't know if Baker Mayfield makes this team that, that much better. I, I don't think they're, they're great. They're they, they like to run the ball, and yet they haven't been able to develop an offensive line that can do it, and they haven't found a running back that can stay healthy. Yeah. Usually teams that like to run the ball, are they like to run it because they're good at it, and that's not Seattle. No, they like, they lost their identity. Yeah. Like I feel like when they lost to the Patriots in that Super Bowl, yeah. things went downhill fast. Yeah, and when teams, when teams like to run the ball, they're usually like, hey, let's invest in our offensive line, and that's the opposite of what they've done. Like, right. Man, now I just, th- they did spend a first round pick on Charles Cross, who I believe is yeah. known more for his pass blocking than his run blocking. Right. So, right. which is something they could have done any of the last five years to help out the guy they ran out of town. Right. So run out of town. That's, that's flipping it around a little bit, but the guy they they didn't strive to keep. <laughs> right. Right. So I mean, they have Chris Carson, DJ Dallas. Rashad Penny and now Kenneth Walker in their backfield and other guys as well. But, uh, you know, those are all decent backs that if they are in the right system and have the proper offensive line in front of them could do some damage. But that hasn't been the case mostly because they haven't been able to stay healthy. They have uh, now you also don't have the threat of Russell Wilson back. Right. So they're going to people are going to tee off even more. Couldn't run the ball when they had a Pro Bowl level quarterback. And they still have Lockett and Metcalf at receiver, but you don't feel like you have a guy that can get them the ball now. So I feel like one or both of them could be the next guys out the door, especially if this season go downhill quickly before the trade deadline. You could see them fire sailing a few of these guys, and I think Lockett and Metcalf make the most sense for teams that are looking to add to their passing attack. Um, right. I agree. I think probably the – they're probably going to have to pay DK soon, too. Right, and so. I think that's another reason they want to get rid of him. He's not going to be in their plans when they're good again. Like, he's a, he's a luxury that they can't afford to have. You know, we already talked about they got rid of Bobby Wagner, so there's not a lot left 
uh, at linebacker, Jordan Brooks is the one that stands out. You know, they traded for Jamal Adams. He wanted out of uh, New York so badly, and he went to Seattle. Probably thought it would be better there. And it's uh, this year, it may be worse than it would have been if he stayed in New York. So yeah, now in part, New York was able to rebuild a lot this year because of the Jamal Adams trade. <laughs> sure, sure, but. Yeah, there's, there's just I, I don't feel like there's a lot of hope but in Seattle, you know, and I, I don't mean this as a as a Miami fan, but I just mean truly like when was the last time you could say that the Jets' future may look brighter than the Seattle future at oh, least short term? Like probably 10, 12 years ago, maybe twelve, fifteen yeah, years ago. And, like it's been a while, yeah. for sure. Right, and again, not me, not me being facetious. Like honestly, like how do you not look at the Jets and be like, hey, at least you would think they, they appear to be headed in the right direction, even though they're still at the bottom. Right. <laughs> they're, they're facing the right direction. They know which way to go now. Who knows if they'll be able to go that way, but like the, the Seahawks, I feel like they're just starting their whole reset, you know, like yeah. they're just starting. It, so, uh, and they got a rough start to the year. They, um, they host Denver, <laughs> To start the the first one of the first Monday night games is Denver Seattle, which is very juicy for headlines and stories. Then they have to go to San Francisco. So first two weeks not kind to Seattle. Their bye is mid season right after their trip November thirteenth to Germany to play the Buccaneers. Uh, but yeah, obviously you can tell Justin and I are both down on Seattle, and this brings us to the end of the NFC West, which is good because we only have like 15 minutes left, and we haven't even started the AFC. So, Justin, NFC West, uh, who who do you have in fourth? I think I think we're gonna both agree here, though. Who do you have in fourth, and what's their record? I'm putting Seattle there. I'm gonna put them at four or five wins. I'll put them at. Five and twelve. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking too. Seattle fourth place, five and twelve, uh, which is obviously a reduction from the record last year, which was seven and ten. So Seattle, sorry, fourth place. I think four or five wins is right where I have them. I just don't see a lot of positives coming out of the Pacific Northwest. All right, now it starts to get interesting. Interesting, Justin. Who do you have in third in the NFC West? I'm going Arizona, and I'm going to go seven and ten. I'm going Arizona and I'm going seven and 10. So uh, we're right on the same page. So Seattle fourth, Arizona third, I'll go second, my second place team. And we're already in that trap of duplicating things from last year. At least I am. I'm going San Francisco in second place. And I'm going to say that they finished the same as last year at 10 and seven. Okay. I'm going San Francisco, but I'm going to go nine and eight. Okay. I there's going to be hiccups. I contemplated the- dropping them a game, but I, I was like, no, nah, I think they can get to 10. So I figure I, I know it's, I know it's not true rookie quarterback, but I feel uh first year quarterback, there's going to be a game in there that they lose that. Maybe there were some mistakes that he doesn't make next year. Okay. Meaning the 20. Sure. That's season. fair. That's fair. And then the Rams, they were 12 and five last year, division champs, defending Super Bowl champs. We both have them winning. I'm going to actually have them taking a step back, though, because I think the schedule's super tough. Not that they're not a good team, and not that I don't think that they're in contention to win the Super Bowl, but I'm going to have the Rams finish 11-6. and six. That's where I'm putting them, 11-6. and six. I think, like we talked about, it's so hard, but I think they're still going to be in the playoffs, and I they're going to be up there. Like, uh, But I just think it's so hard, and some of it comes down to that, that luck factor, and, and some of it comes down to look, – look, that sense of urgency, you know, you get that team that they know, ah, oh, if we make the playoffs, we can make you, we can win, you know? So, 
Um, I, I, I'm going to put them at 11 and six. So the, so the we match. yes, we're, we are one to run through four in the NFC West. We're exactly the same. So in terms of betting lines, the Rams have anywhere from like the third to sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl, repeat as champions. Um, they're tied for third on DraftKings at plus 1,000. I'm just looking at a few of the other sites on here. There looks like they're fourth on FanDuel at plus 1,100. We need Paul here to go over all this stuff. Uh, but 49ers are the next closest NFC West team, followed by the Cardinals. And then way down at the bottom are the Seahawks. Seahawks are only in front of the Jaguars, Lions, Jets, Falcons, and Texans. It's been a long time you can group the Seahawks in with some of those teams who are um, perennial uh, bottom dwellers, at least over the last 10 or 12 years. Maybe not the Falcons, but the Lions, Jets, and Texans are certainly in that group, and now Seattle is that right right there with them. Um, so we're, we're in line with the, uh, the, the sports books. But let's take a look at the AFC West quickly now. We're probably not going to be able to go as in-depth with them as we had wanted to, but that's what happens. We should have eight or nine shows to do our NFL preview, but just time will not allow. But again, alphabetically or alphanumerically by mascot means we're going to Denver. So Coach Steve O'Neill, I know you're watching or listening after the fact. We get to talk about your Denver Broncos here. And they made huge splashes in the offseason. We already mentioned it in talking about Seattle, but Russell Wilson heading to Denver, playing at mile high this year. He wanted out. He got his wish. And Denver, you know, they were 7-10 and last year, had a great defense, inconsistent offense. They got their quarterback, much like they did a few years ago, a lot of years back now, when Peyton Manning came to town and they immediately made them a better team, made the Super Bowl what, twice in three years, winning one, sending, ending the uh, – Super Bowl 50 with Manning on top. Broncos haven't been the same since, though. But now that they have Russell Wilson back, I know the expectations are sky high in in Denver. So what else has happened? What else has changed uh, for them? I'm trying to see if any other major, major changes impact them other than the trade for Russell Wilson. Obviously that's the big thing. Had a a coaching change. Right. Yes. Yes, they did. So they brought coordinator from right. Nathaniel Hackett is, is the new, is the new head coach. Um, They had to make that change because Vic Fangio just was not good. He was 19 and 30. Um, in his three seasons and just wasn't able to get them anywhere, was not able to move anywhere. Nathaniel Hackett is an interesting guy um, yeah. coming from Green Bay. Fangio was like, Fangio was like the Drew Luck of head coaches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they, they know all about that all too well. Um, so their draft, again, they didn't have early round picks because of the Russell Wilson trade. They didn't pick until 64, but I know um, – Draft evaluators were excited about uh, Nick Bonito, the the linebacker, the rusher from Oklahoma that they got in the second round. Um, th- that was a good early pick for them, adding to that defense, though. But I don't think that they really necessarily needed too much to add to um, the offense, despite it being the worst unit. They have a lot of guys that still have a lot of potential. Now, they traded Noah Fant, the tight end, to Seattle in the Russell Wilson trade. But they have so many young, talented players on offense. Um, you know, they brought back Mel- Melvin Gordon to pair with Javante Williams entering his second year. And that at wide receiver, KJ Hamler's coming off of a 
an ACL injury. He seems to be ahead of schedule and ready to go. Jerry Judy entering his third year, possible off the field things going on with him. Hopefully that uh, those are, are rectified and taken care of, but you got to keep an eye on that. Uh, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, I believe, were both signed to extensions in the last year or so. So there's a, a healthy amount of uh, talent at wide receiver. Someone's got to right. step up at tight end now, but they do have Albert O, I think, entering his third year in the system. And they've made investments into the offensive line, which we know was an issue for Russell Wilson when he was in Seattle. But I already mentioned their defense was really good last year, but it flew under the radar because their offense was so pathetic at times. And it mostly yeah. came down to the, the quarterback play. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, this team, They've got weapons on the offensive side. I know they sent no fan, but they, man, I don't know that there's much more Russell Wilson could ask for, you know, an offensive minded coach. Um, you know, you have, you still have lots of weapons, like deep number of weapons too at, at wide receiver. Like you said, um, you know, some things to sort through there, but it seems like that's starting already to happen. Um, and the defense is really good in part because they hit it out of the park with their first round pick last year. Uh, and Patrick Sertain, is it the second or is he junior? I I think it's second. I think it's two. Um, yeah. The second, but like, yeah, like I, I'm, I, I've given Drew Locke the benefit of the doubt the last couple of years. I kept thinking he was going to turn the corner. Yeah, you did. You were, you were, you were a luck guy. Yeah, it, that's my heart speaking to. I want Denver to be good, um, but I it just didn't happen. It's going to be interesting because I think they are very good. They have the potential to be very good. That division is brutal. That division is brutal. It is. Um, there isn't like at least in the NFC West, there are. There's one team that we talked about that underachieves in the Cardinals, at least in our eyes. And there's a team that is just flat out probably going to be bad, the Seahawks. That's not happening in the AFC West. No, you know, at least at least by expectations. So it's going to be brutal. Uh, but man, there's going to be some fun games in that division too. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the AFC West this year for sure. Yeah, and and the Broncos being in the mix of it just makes it all the more exciting. You know, it's all like the more meaningful football games there are um and by meaningful i mean for playoff implications not just draft pick status <laughs> like um it is great and man i it'll be exciting it should be exciting i know they've won three super bowls in their their current look but i do want to see those throwbacks come back because those like original John Elway threads. Those are, I, I, I miss those. I know they tried to do something even with the one helmet rule where they just put the, uh, you know, the, the, the horse jumping through the D on the Navy helmets, but I, I need, I need the lighter blue back, but yeah. I'm so like, I'm, I'm kind of like, take it or leave it on the old ones. <laughs> I am not saying I, they need to change full time. I just want to see it a few right. times a year. No, so that would be cool. It would be cool to see it a few times, but it's gotta be, I want to see it in another well probably in one of their afc west matchups so like 
Oh yeah. The Raiders, yeah. The Raiders can't really throw it back. Not you too know, much. No, there is just minor like, changes, but like the chargers have some awesome options that we always talk about. Mm-hmm. And the chiefs, they don't They're really traditional. Have to throw it back yeah. Like they, like, that's, they are like, the chiefs. Yeah. Right. But like one of those, like getting a game, like a, like, I don't know, a Thursday night game or a Sunday night game, Monday night or something where they're those, that is the uniform matchup. That would be, that'd be clutch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, they did add a few guys of note. Uh, Randy Gregory was the big one from the Cowboys. He was supposed to have a deal with Dallas in place. And then he decided great, that Denver's was a little bit better. Randy Gregory. <laughs> um, DJ Jones from the 49ers. We talked about him moving to Denver when we talked about San, San Francisco. And uh, Billy Turner, uh, offensive lineman for the Packers, and the Kwan Williams, cornerback for the 49ers, and one of those unheralded 49ers defensive backs that no one, no one knew about you know, over the last few years, and and now he uh, was able to cash in and sign with Denver. So adding some defensive pieces to a Broncos defense that was already really good um, feels like it. It should signal a, a, a good year, a good turnaround. They were seven and ten last year. Justin and I will get to our predictions in a bit, but uh, just a quick look at their schedule. And we know they start at Seattle and the big return of Russell Wilson on that one of those first Monday night games. But then week two they have Houston. So if they want to get off fast, they have that opportunity because they're playing two teams that we expect to be, I think, worse than Denver before they right. get to play the 49ers and Raiders. Right. Those are games where if you want to be a playoff contender, especially in a loaded division, you have to win the games you're supposed to win. And I would say both those games are games they're supposed to win. Right. They have to beat the Sexons, Seahawks, Texans, Jets, Jaguars, Panthers. They get a, they those, get those, those are most wins. Those ones those, I just said. They have to win. Yeah, they have to win those games. How many was that? Was that five? Six? Right. Like those are must win games. You cannot lose. If you lose one of those games, then you need to beat a team that you maybe you're a push with or even right. under against. So like, like right now, Raiders chargers. And I, I'm sure their fans think chiefs are all pushes. That's six games right there. You might have to steal one of those. If you lose to one of those other teams, but they also right. got to play the Titans and Colts. They have to play the Cardinals and Rams. So like they have a tough schedule because the West are crossing over West versus West. It's going to make for great TV, but the teams are going to be beating themselves up. So the Broncos got to win those games, those those easy games, those gimme games. They cannot fall. They need to take advantage if they want to make some noise. They have to start hot. You know, you have to start hot with that easy schedule first couple weeks. Uh, so, so Coach O'Neill, Steve is watching. Uh, he also mentions uh, one of your Eagles, Alex Singleton, uh, headed to Denver. And um, Steve told me before the show, uh, before we even started tonight, he saw that what we were talking about, and he said he has his Broncos at eleven and six. So that is a four-game turnaround in in, in a fan's eye. So uh, Justin and I will give our predictions here in just a few minutes. But uh, let's just move real quick. It was. It was it was a big weekend for uh, some of his uh, big guys. It, it was, yeah. So, well, yeah. First of all, uh, Steve, I hope uh, your recovery is going well. I, I know you're getting ready to start some physical therapy, so we wish you the best of luck uh, in in your recovery from uh, your surgery. And congratulations to your Why I'm Missing Spartans, uh, the boys and girls both captured district championships, and uh, the you know the throwers are are close to Steve's heart. 
uh, and, and they did phenomenal. So, and, and a lot of the why I'm missing football players uh, in the track events did amazing too. So a great weekend to, to be a Spartan. Uh, so congratulations to coach Steve O'Neill on the why missing uh, community. And uh, you'll have to wait a few more minutes to hear what Justin and I have to say about the Denver Broncos in 2022. So the chargers are up next. Love their uniforms. Great, great set of uniforms. Would look amazing against those uh, Broncos throwbacks. I hope that we get treated to that in the next few years. But uh, Los Angeles, I think, underperformed last year. Finished 9-8. and eight. They, they could have made the playoffs. They needed to beat the Raiders in the last game, and they weren't able to do it. Um, so we're on to... We're tied. We're tied, right, yeah. Um, we're on to year two of the Brandon Staley regime, but year three three of Justin Herbert. Um, I, I think expectations are for them to take a step forward again, tough when you're in a division with the chiefs who are always really good. Now the Broncos are better. I think a lot of people would say the Raiders are better. So there's a tough task in front of the chargers uh, in 2022. And what are they going to be able to do? Well, they were very active. Also this off season, they uh, were able to, bring in um oh my gosh uh, Khalil Mack I couldn't think of his name they brought in Khalil Mack to uh, add to that defense uh, which was a huge huge move for them uh, the that was kind of the the start of like wow the AFC West is AFC West is going to be ridiculous this year uh, they also signed JC Jackson who was the big uh, Patriots defensive back uh, who was made available surprisingly and he decided to go to the Chargers a uh, huge pickup for them as a uh, Penn State guy Austin Johnson left the Giants to go to the Chargers and Troy Reader the aforementioned Rams linebacker um, one time Penn Stater also signed with the Chargers and journeyman linebacker Kyle Van Noy, who's played in Detroit, New England twice, and Miami. He also made it out to Los Angeles as well. Uh, but the biggest one, obviously, is is the Khalil Mack trade to add to that defense and have him opposite Bosa, depending on how they how they use Mack. Um, a lot of potential there in in. Uh, defensive pass rush. Now they did have a first round pick. I feel like most of the teams we've been talking about haven't had first round picks, but the Chargers did, and they picked one of my favorite guys, offensive lineman, uh, Coach Coach O'Neill and I both uh, love the, the the big bodies in the trenches. And Zion Johnson from Boston College was one of the guys that I was really interested in in the draft, and the Chargers ended up getting him. And I don't think you can fault a a team with a young, talented quarterback. Trying to protect him. I mean, just look at what happened to the Bengals and Joe Burrow. They've spent all offseason trying to protect Burrow because if they protected him a little bit better, they'd be Super Bowl champions right now. I don't think that's that's much of a stretch at all. Um, but yeah, so Zion Johnson was, was their big pick. They also were able to get Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M, the running back in the fourth round. And uh, I, I don't... I feel like this is a team, Justin, that every year gives me fits because I want them to be better than they are. Uh, for a long time, it happened yeah. because I was a big Ladanian Tomlinson you're, guy. You're Broncos. Yeah, you're I think you're Broncos. right. Yeah, um, but 
I, but Justin Herp, Herbert isn't Drew Locke, so there's something else going on there. You got me there. Uh, but there. this was before, like, because I was always I, – I don't want to say I was, like, a huge Philip Rivers fan, but I did defend him more often because I know you weren't a Philip Rivers guy. Oh, much more than I was, um, yes. But I was a huge Ladanian Tomlinson fan, and I know this is going back now, like, 15 years or so. But I, And I always, I've always loved the, the Chargers uh, uniform, so they, that always gets me, too. I, I have a much more affinity for them than maybe I should. But it just feels like I, I feel like this team should be good. Not necessarily like Super Bowl favorites good, but I feel like they should be good. When you have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack playing opposite each other, I, I, I just I feel like they should be able to be better defensively. Now, have they done enough in the defensive backfield to compensate? I mean, adding J.C. Jackson, I feel like can't hurt. And now you're another year into the Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, uh, time. And I always like Nasir Adderley and Derwin James. Uh, he was healthy last year. Finally, I, I don't. I don't know. I they signed Mike Williams. Um, they still have Keenan Allen. Um, they're adding Isaiah Spiller to Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. Justin Herbert seems to be pretty good. I just, I feel like they underachieved last year I, at nine and eight. I expect them to win, you know, 10 or 11 games and they just couldn't quite get there. They were close. They're just, they play in such a tough division and they got to play the NFC West. I don't, I just, I, I know I shouldn't be talking where they're going to finish right now. Cause we're not doing records, but I'm just having a tough time of where I want to slot the chargers. Cause I feel like they should be better than they were recently. And I feel like they could be a, they could be a trap for me again this year. But where are you with the Chargers? Yeah, I'm kind of in a spot where, I again, I feel like they should be really good. But some of the things that kept them from winning games that they should last year is kind of frustrating. Like you thought they were over the whole um, – you, you thought they were over the whole like finding ways to lose thing. But then – they they apparently weren't. Um, it's just it's hard to do. And yeah. In in such a tough division, you know, like it, it's really they're in a tough spot. Uh, similar to what we were talking about with the Broncos, like there's no easy divisional games, and you have the a bunch of tough crossover games. Um, it's tough though because I feel like with this team and the pieces they've added, if, if Staley doesn't make the playoffs, if the chargers don't make the playoffs, I could see them getting rid of him. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but at the same time, I also understand like where else is this team to go? If not into the playoffs, they were seconds away from it this past season and you have a great quarterback that's still on his rookie deal. Like I, yeah, anything short of the playoffs is a step back. So I, I don't necessarily agree. You know, we, you and I preach stability all the time. And I know there's maybe a little counterintuitive because we started off with the Niners. Then we went to Arizona and I was ripping cliff Kingsbury, but <laughs> I feel like a decade worth of results is in, in college and pros is a little bit of a trend there. Um, I just, 
the only other aspect to it with it being, I know it's not San Diego, but with it, with it being the chargers, maybe there isn't the same pressure there, but like if they get passed by the Broncos. Yeah. Right. So even, I don't know, like, but, or what if it's a tough division. What if they finish fourth? Like I know with not a bad record, but like the, the fourth out of the division, they don't do well in their divisional games or something like you got to move on. Right. Like, I, I don't know, like, but there's going to be a lot of tough questions if they're not in the playoffs. Right. And you're, you still got the young guy. And I think a lot of it would come down to maybe his relationship with Staley. And I, I, I can't speak to that obviously, but you know, you would think if they're, if they're in a position where they're not making the playoffs, there's going to be some frustration starting to boil over. And I think you'll start to hear some uh, dissension in, in uh, the other LA team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think some of it's going to, this is a bit out there, but I think some of it has to do with how the Rams do, because if the Rams have continued success this year, you know, they share a stadium that's got to be old. You know, you see this team that went out and pieced together all these things. And if you're the chargers, you got to be like, well, we've got a quarterback who's good. We've got weapons. We've got defensive talent. We've, you know, yeah, we, we, we poached our coach from the, <laughs> like, you know, like, you got to start to think like there's going to be some frustration there and the chargers ownership has to make some odd decisions at times over the years. So trying to predict what they're going to do. Good luck with that. But um, so I think anything, anything short of the playoffs is a failure for this team. I I agree. But unfortunately uh, I do need to cut this short. I I hate to do that because we have two teams left to go, but I I want to quickly run through, um, Records. So um, my fourth team, I think, and this could change by the next time we do this and maybe we can talk more in depth. Uh, I, I think I'm going to put the Raiders in last uh, at nine and eight. Um, okay. My my third team is going to be the Chargers at 10 and seven, one game better. Next, I am going to have Denver. I, I don't know that I was ready to go to the full Steve O'Neill 11 and six. So I think I'm going to give them the tiebreaker over the Chargers at 10 and seven. Uh, and I will still have the Chiefs up top, uh, but I don't think it's going to be by much. I think they're going to be fighting throughout the uh, the year to get to eleven and six, win the division again. But the the division has gotten better, and I think the crossover with the NFC West is is tough for this division. So I think that's how I see it. So who? How do your four go? Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Whew. I'm going to go with the Raiders in last. Um, I think they're just hurting from some missed first round picks the last couple of years. Um, I'm going to put them at eight wins. Um, I'm going to go chargers next at nine wins. Um, again, I, and I think there's going to be some tough questions that have to happen there, but I just, I need to see them do it. And I think they're capable. I just need to see them do it. I'm going to go with um, the Broncos in second place at, 10 wins like, like you did. I think they're better. I think it's just a brutal schedule in just part of it being in the AFC West. And then I'm going to go with the chiefs at 11 wins and duking it out in that just brutal conference or in the brutal division. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. All right. Well, um, sorry, we ran out of time. We'll, I'll, we'll try to get something up there about the, 
uh, Raiders and Chiefs so that we can fulfill that. Maybe we can tack it on to the next next show that we do this. But, again, um, they're going to be hit or miss. We'll make sure we get it up there, and we'll, we'll put up some graphics to uh, talk about where we have them fitting. So uh, my dad also, he hasn't said anything about the AFC West, but in the NFC West, he had the same four that we did. So, um, and I'm sure we'll hear from uh... – Rich from New England. Too. Oh, I'm sure he's he's writing all these down. Uh, so, Justin, thanks to, for joining me and uh, being able to do the show tonight. Sorry we missed the last two weeks, and sorry we got to cut it short here this evening. Um, but I think that's it. I got to get going. So, uh, for everyone, this was episode 359 of the Joe Mays and JRF show. We will be back again in two weeks. I think, no, sorry, three weeks. Again, on the two-week gap, we won't be here the 29th or the 5th. We'll be back June 12th for episode 360. We will do the NFL South Divisions. So for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. This was the Joe Mays and JRF Show. We'll see you again in a few weeks. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and JRF Show. Brought to you by May's Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time. <laughs>